Hey everybody, welcome back to the Hunting Ain't Easy podcast. Uh, this is going to be episode six, and we are into our, our second episode of the Bear Series. I think I'll be doing five or six uh, podcasts focused on bears, bear hunting, bear habitat, and some bear policy issues here in California. Um, I'm really excited to, to bring on Seth Watts uh, to the podcast today. You, if you, if you are on Instagram and you're following bear hunting in California, you've probably seen him before. At least some of the bears that he has on cameras, because he uh, he goes by Black Bear Pursuit, Black underscore Bear underscore Pursuit at Instagram, and uh, he's just got uh, a ton of amazing videos of of really mature bears. And uh, and some young, silly, funny-looking bears too, just acting crazy. Um, one of the things I, I've I've noticed about Seth's uh, work per se is that that he is mostly kind of in the the foothills of the Sierra Nevada. Uh, some even some some kind of valley locations. And if you look back on his his stories and whatnot, where he's taken bears, it looks like oak, oak, oak woodland areas, oak, oak woodland and grassland areas. Whereas so many of us, including myself, think of, of bear habitat as being, you know, up in the forest, up in the mountains. And, um, he's obviously been successful in finding bears and having a different take on it. Um, so Seth, I want to kick it over to you. Tell me, uh, tell me a little bit about like how you got into bears, uh, or how you got into hunting. And then how you got into bears specifically, because not everybody's putting this much time into black bears right now. Well, um, I got into the whole hunting thing just as a kid, you know, with my dad and my grandpa uh, were hunters. Uh, you know, my grandpa's gone now, but my dad is is still, you know, somewhat actively hunting. And uh, that's where it kind of started. And, you know, it was mostly just a you know, like a family camping trip that we would go on and, you know, hope that we get something. It was, I wouldn't say that we were, or that my dad was hardcore into hunting, you know, it was, Mm -hmm. I don't remember scouting or doing stuff like that. It was just, Hey, it's, it's time to go hunt. Let's go hunt. And that's kind of where it started. And, uh, you know, the whole bear thing, I don't, I don't ever remember chasing bears with my dad or even seeing any, but, you know, late, late into, his hunting career or, you know, life, uh, the one trip that got us or got me just kind of focused more on bears rather than deer was, uh, 2012, 2013, when I had my first experience, first encounter really with a bear, like in person. Yeah. And, uh, we were at that lower, uh, the foothill elevation, probably 2000 feet. And we were, you know, we were deer hunting and we came across this sow, uh, with two cubs and she was okay. in the tree, um, that it was, it was kind of, was like walking down a ridge and the top of the ridges, each side is super steep and these oak trees would come up above the ridge I was on. And so mm-hmm. basically how it happened was out of the corner of my eye, I could see movement in this tree and there was the sow. I mean, probably, 25 yards at the most and i didn't i didn't see the sow or the the cubs at first i saw the sow and luckily i didn't have a bear tag because i would i would have shot her just being inexperienced right. and it went it went so fast but yeah she took off down the tree and down to the bottom of the drainage and up the other side and she was 
she was kind of acting crazy, you know, pacing back and forth, like mm. basically trying to get our attention. Mm. And basically what I've come to figure out is she was trying to draw our attention away from her cubs mm-hmm. that were still in the tree. And, and I got to watch those cubs for, you know, probably two or three minutes. And, mm. uh, and my brother-in-law was coming around the bottom. And so I was, I radioed him. I'm like, dude, we got, we got a cub and sow. So you need to be, you need to pull your Glock out, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that's kind of how it all started. I mean, from that point on, I just, you know, I was like, I don't know, just something about that experience. It just drew me in. And, and I wanted to know why they were so low in elevation. And so that was, uh, you know, Did that, that kind point, of break your concept of where, where bears would be. Like, was it just, just, it kind of blew my mind because I was like, man, I, I, why, why are those bears down here? You know, because it was like I, uh, like I was saying earlier is that I always thought high elevation, you know, the big timber, you know, the snow, uh, just the, you know, everything you would think about a bear, you don't think about oak trees and, you know, I mean, most people wouldn't, but there's so much feed down low, that's where they're at. And if there's cover and there's, you know, you got to have the shade, you got to have the cover and you got to have food source and water source. Yep. They'll be there. I mean, and I mean, most bears will move around. Uh, in fact, the spot that I like to go the most, uh, that low elevation area, I was in there last week and it was like 110. And I'm thinking, man, I would not be here if I was, <laughs> I was a, bear. a bear, you know, because, you know, they're like a dog, they sweat out of their mouth. Yeah. Uh, and I'm just like, even, and I tried to, I tried to call one in with my, with my mouth call just cause I was down there checking my cameras and I'm like, Hey, let's, you know, fawns are dropping. Not that there's going to be any fawns down here this low, uh, unless it's like local deer. But, uh, yeah, I squealed that thing for probably 20 minutes and, and nothing. And I was like, I wouldn't blame a bear if he was 20 yards over there in the bush right. and getting up because it's so hot. Yeah. So whatever yeah, animals, whatever animals dying, it'll be there when the sun goes down, I'll go yeah, get it. Then It'll be cooked in about 20 minutes and, and I'll go get it. Right. But no, just there's something about that experience is, is where just, I started doing more research on bears and I just, I started buying a bear tag and uh, that's where it started. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. That would be a, that would be a big surprise. I am. Um, Last year, I thought I was going to maybe hunt in a zone a little bit. And so I went over into the area above, uh, above Berryessa, um, and I'm walking back in there and I'm like, I look down at the ground, like, this is bear scat. Like, like, what? This doesn't make sense. There's no bears over here, but, uh, turns out, I think there are, there, there's bears over there in the, the, the coastal range and the foothills above, you know, the Cache Creek wilderness area. Um, which to me doesn't seem like bear territory, probably not high density, but then even just a, a couple weeks ago for the second year in a row, a bear cruised into Davis, California, you know, right in the, the middle of the central Valley between Sacramento and Vacaville. And there's a bear coming up along Poudre Creek, um, probably strolled right down from the Barry S area along Poudre Creek to get down into, in a, in a Davis, which just, I don't know. It suggests to me that we've got a healthy population in the state and they're looking for, they're expanding their territory. Yeah. I mean, as the population grows, they got to go somewhere. And from 
the biologists I've spoke to, because I, I, one of the areas that, that I hunt and we've taken, you know, my hunting party, the guys I hunt with that we've taken bears, we've taken multiple bears out of just this one drainage mm-hmm. and they're all, they're all good bears. They're all, you know, between 18 and 20 inch skulls. I mean, they're, and I don't know if it's just the genetics in that area or what, or if it's just people aren't hunting them that much in there. So they have that opportunity to grow, but if we sell 30,000 tags a year and we're only taking 900, right. Just think about, I mean, even if you go to a quarter amount, let's say of the 30 of whatever the population is, what is it? 40,000 plus. Yeah. Say so 40. Say you only have 10,000 sows, 10,000 sows, let's say that have cubs. Yeah. Say they have two cubs, 20,000 babies. And you only killed 900. <laughs> I mean, it tells you how fast it's growing. And so yeah, as it grows, they're going to spread out. But what I was going to say is the biologist that I spoke to, I asked him, I go, are bears territory or t- territorial? And he says, absolutely not. Mm-hmm. They are not territorial until it's, until it's the rut. Okay. Then they'll spread out a little bit. You know, they're going to fight each other or whatever. But sure. when it's not the rut, they'll stack right on top of each other <clears throat> as my trail camera show. Right. I mean, I mean, I had a camera last year in a 30 day span. I had 19 different bears, 19. That's amazing. And out of those 19, I had five that were regulars. Yeah. I mean, that's, that just shows you that, uh, they are everywhere. I don't, I mean, you just got to think they're high, they're low. Yeah. I, I thought, I thought I had a couple of good spots. Um, I had a spot in the Eldorado Hill, Eldorado National Forest at like 3,500 feet, which to me was low. And um, it was just a small little basin, small little drainage. And right kind of where the hills kind of where it all kind of came together, almost like the bottom sink of a drain. um, There was a a creek that ran through there, but seasonal, but almost year round, there'd be a puddle uh, in the shade with like ivy growing or raspberries or blackberries growing up over this puddle. And the puddle's maybe like three feet around, but uh, had a camera there. And I thought, I thought I was hitting the, the jackpot when I had in July, a bear almost every day. And, and maybe, and mostly it was repeat bears. So maybe half a dozen different bears cruising through there. And I thought it was amazing. Um, and then I see what you've got and, and, um, it's so funny. Like one of the last videos you posted of the of, of a young, what probably a, a yearling, you know, probably last year's cub, uh, acting. I see this cub that you've got, or this 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 young bear that you've got on 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 video, and I think if I put my kids in like bear suits and ask them to act foolish and silly and wrestle and and goof off that's what they look like because that thing is just an absolute crack up i've noticed that the younger bears are you know goofy yeah there they are they're like kids um the older bears are more serious they're more Mm -hmm. they're just you can tell they're like hey this i'm here for business you know Mm -hmm. they don't they're not goofing around you know they'll rub and do whatever but they're just not as uh, the, the goofiness, the the way they flop around the young bears. They do <laughs> that that bear that's in that video. I bet that bear is. I would say that bear is probably two. Okay. Uh, maybe pushing three, getting close to three. He's pretty skinny, but yeah. Um, 
usually a, a cub will stay with its with its mother for close to two years true um and then they get kicked off but one thing they a lot of people don't know is that those bears will tail their mother you know they're not going to be walking down the road right behind her but they will follow her scent for okay. probably another year hmm. uh and i don't know why they do that but that's something i've learned from you know speaking with biologists they're like yeah they'll, they'll tail their moms so it's kind of interesting to watch them i I always tell people that uh, hit me up that that run trail cameras and stuff. I go run the video. It, it'll it will take up more memory on your car sure. and stuff, but you can learn so much more from watching a video. And some bears that are kind of hard to tell apart just from a picture, you yeah. can tell the difference in a video by the way they walk and sway. Uh, just there's just so much more to learn. Like uh, the last video I posted. Not the small bear, but the bigger bear. Yeah. Um, just from pictures, I would have not noticed how tore up his nose is. I mean, his nose no. is destroyed. I'm oh, surprised wow. He can, I'm surprised he can even breathe. Huh. And then you can tell his teeth are just basically a gum line. Wow. So from a picture, you know, I, I probably, you know, when he sat there, I mean, he was there for a good minute, minute and a half in front of the camera. So I would have got a decent amount of pictures, but nowhere i wouldn't have learned nearly as much as you can from video yeah and i'll watch those videos i don't know how many i don't know <laughs> over how many over. Times, i don't know how many times i watched that video of that old bear before i noticed his nose sure you know i'm zooming in and i'm, I'm just dissecting it because i'm just trying to learn as much as i can and absorb it but yeah he's uh he is now my target bear okay unless there's another bear from last year who shows up which most people would say if you you know i showed them both videos they'd be like you need to take the bear from this year which okay. <clears throat> he's a better bear but the yeah. other one i called him daddy long legs there's just something about him that uh and i wanted him bad last year but yeah that's a whole nother story about my first archery experience and how i totally screwed that up oh no <laughs> yeah so are you are you uh are you now, you know, dual weapon? Are you now archery and rifle? Are you, pre uh, are you primarily rifle? I wouldn't say I'm dual weapon, but trying, learn. trying. <laughs> uh, last year, um, the spot that I, that I've kind of come across and one of my best camera spots, it just, the, where the place that it's at is so perfect for, for a tree stand and archery. And I'm not a tree stand hunter. So yeah, uh, I'll just dive into that story real quick. Sure. On how I'm not a tree stand hunter and how I screwed it up. I opening day archery, I went up there and I got in my tree stand and I'm like, man, I've never, I'm thinking to myself as I'm sitting up there and I've been there less than five minutes. I'm like, I've never, I've never even stood in this with my bow. Yeah. Oh, never, shit. I've never, shot <laughs> out, I've never shot out of a tree stand because it was kind of spur of the moment. It was just when I ran that tree stand or those cameras, I was like, I need, I need a bow. This is a perfect spot for a bow. And these yeah. bears might not be here later in the fall when rifle season's open. So I'm yep. like, and I've been kicking around the idea of archery anyways. And so I'm like, screw it. I'm going to get a bow. And I went out and I got, I got a good bow. You know, I got the Matthews BXR. Cool. And my, and my, uh, my cousin works at Deer Creek Archery. So he, he kind of helped set me up. And anyways, I practiced for a couple months and, you know, 30 yards, I, I, I felt pretty confident I could kill something, you know, yeah. not that that's very far, but, 
um, that was the whole setup was that the areas in is real tight, but they yeah. funnel right through. Yeah. Trail, it was just amazing. Anyways, I go up there, I get in the tree stand. D- did they sell you a harness, a safety harness at least? It did have a harness, but I wasn't, okay. I wasn't wearing it. I didn't oh. fall out. That's not, oh, what God. I didn't fall out. Yeah, yeah you're 20 feet in the air. Oh, Read the directions, man. Yeah, Read the I should have had one on and, and I'm being, you know, not smart, not wearing one. But anyways, I get up and I'm like, I stand up and I'm like, I need to check my clearance for, you know, when a bear comes in, can I pull yep. back and not be hitting branches and making noise and, and whatnot? Yeah. And of course I don't knock an arrow. Oh no, I've so, done this. I, I, I know how this, I know how this ends. I fired my bow like a, like a moron <laughs> and snap goes the string. Yep. So season over Yep. in less than five minutes. Yeah. So I come home, you know, like a couple hours later, my wife's like, why are, why are you back? Right. Where's I the like, I don't, even, I don't even want to talk about it. <laughs> and, you know, I'm on the phone. I'm trying to find somebody who can fix my bow. Of course, all the bow shops are closed. Because right. They're hunting. It's, right. You know, yeah. Deer season just started. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's it was over that quick. But I told my wife, I go, I'm going to go up there next weekend and check that camera. And what do you want to bet? There'll be a bear there when I would have been there. Right. An hour later. Yeah. And well, it was a little longer than an hour, but a nice chocolate comes through, stops, stands there for 30 seconds. I mean, it would have been the right. perfect shot. And it right. would have been a bear. As you know, I've never taken a bear with my bow. I, I took a, I did take a turkey last year, but I would have shot that. I would have taken that opportunity just being at my first, my first bear. Yeah. And that was. Well, and, well, you, know, you got to look at it this way. It's like motorcycles. There, there's the motorcycle riders that have crashed and those that will. Like it's, it's, and there's the archers that have dry fired and those that still will, that those that will. So you got it out of the way. I mean, you, well, uh, yeah. I, I got my dry fire out of the way early. Um, I got it done, you know, but in time to get the bow fixed before the season. <laughs> uh, you're well, not just, the, you're not the only one. <laughs> I know now that, uh, knock an arrow whether you're gonna fire it or not you know yep and then that's something i'll never do again whether <clears throat> something else happens or not who knows you know yeah. time tell. but it's it is what it is and it wasn't meant to be and if i would have gotten that bear last year i would have not gotten the monster bear that i got later that fall so there you go you know, meant to be I'll, I'll i'll look at it like that yeah no there you go so uh are you you're are you are you in C zone or A zone when you're down there in the valley? Is it? I, I imagine you're kind of right on the the edge, or, or more like a D three area. No, I would be. Uh, let's see here, without you're, trying to tell people where you're, I you're go. not in A zone. <laughs> are are you, are you technically in A zone? Well, the tag for archery would be A one. So a C zone. A one. Okay. A C zone tag. Yeah. So it's a C zone tag. Yeah. The the reason the only reason I'm trying to pin down that much like I want to keep it general, but because A zone archery for bears starts. No, never mind. A zone archery for bears starts in all the zones in in August. I was gonna I was gonna. So when the when the myself. zone opens for deer, yeah, it opens for bear. Whether you yep. have that tag or not, if you have a bear tag, yep. 
you can hunt whenever that whenever that zone opens yep. you can hunt it with your bear tag yeah so when a1 opens for a uh, deer you yep. can hunt archery when b zone yep. opens for archery yep. or uh, yeah you can hunt bear archery yeah yeah and there's a couple there's a couple of bear zones that open or b zones that they they open different zones. the one exception which i i I keep forgetting about is the the x zones that are like tahoe and up for some reason they you're not allowed to hunt those during um the general season x zone the the bear season starts after them and i don't know why and it's something i want to find out it's like because it's such a premium tag there they people don't want the bear hunter in there yeah screwing up their deer hunt I, I'm, it could be just preserve the the sanctity of the of the deer hunt although a lot of those deer hunters would be packing bear tags too and that you'd have a, a little more incidental take so are you um you know last season this season coming up are you are you are you pretty focused on on the bear hunting first and foremost and then you know the deer hunting is is after you filled your tag or it's incidental or how, how do you approach that in terms of what your focus is uh, I mean, most of the time I want to get my bear tag filled before my deer tag, but just because I like, I want to get it out of the way. So this year, you know, yeah. I drew a late season, I drew a late season deer tag, but I'm hoping that my bear tag is filled either during archery yeah, or, you know, bef- at least before, you know, my deer tag is, is open that way. I, I mean, I just, as a, as a hunter, you know, as you become more successful hunting, you want to get better at other things. So sure. not that I'm, I'm no, I'm no pro at bear hunting, but I feel like <clears throat> I can at least find them. You know, I've been filling tags, so I want to get better at the deer hunting. Yeah. I've never taken, you know, what most people would consider a great deer uh-huh. uh, and it's California. So it's <clears throat> most people shoot the first thing they see, right? which I have done myself. Cause it's like, yeah, you don't know if you're going to see another one. So, you know, take that yeah. fork spike. Not that I've never True. taken a fork spike, but <laughs> I probably would if I, I mean, sure. uh, if I <laughs> one. But right now, you know, I got a, I got a good tag later cool. this year. So I'm hoping that my bear tag is filled and I can, you know, focus, focus on my deer tag yeah. and where I'll be hunting. I know the area and I know that there, there are good bucks in there. Good. So that's, that's kind of my, for this year, it's going to be, I'm going to go pretty hardcore for archery. I'm going to, I'm going to hunt the first week every day for seven mm-hmm. days. And after that, it'll be, you know, every weekend until the season's closed. And then after yeah. that, it, I don't know what'll happen as far as uh, the rifle thing. I'll probably start hunting rifle as soon as I can, just because <clears throat> I know I can kill with that. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, so a lot of the places, um, well, one one of the areas I go to that's fairly high elevation up around like 9,000 feet, um, I rarely see much bear sign, and usually it's old. By the time I get to deer season, the bear sign that's up there is dried up, and and it's ancient from spring. And I was up there in the last couple weekends, and a couple weekends ago, and I think you may have seen some of the stomp trails I found. I found some really good bear trails that were current. They were they were recent uh recent tracks uh more recent scat um but i i know that you know by deer season they're just not up there there's no berries there's no acorns they're probably down lower elevation in the berries and the acorns um and they're gone of course all winter like the the last 
the first bear showed up this spring in May 31st on a camera up there. And so they're just starting to move around up high, but you see bears, you see bears year round. Is that, is that a fair statement or, or, or do they slow down when they're down the valley there or in the foothills? So last year I kept a couple cameras up all winter. Okay. Just because I wanted to know what's there, what's not there. And yeah. my camera's up around 5,000 feet. I was still catching a bear. Eh, probably, I mean, not, not very often, but there was still a couple bears moving around in December, yeah. January. Uh, you know, we don't get a lot of snow. So, no. um, but down low, I, I mean, even, even come middle to late November bears are hard to find just because mm -hmm. they're slowing way down. Mm -hmm. They're conserving energy. They're just not, you know, not like September, October, and even maybe months of August, uh, bears are active 14 hours a day eating. Sure. Yeah. So, just plowing. I mean, just think about that 14 hours that on average a bear is active looking for food because they need to, they, they don't know how much snow they're, we're going to get. So they're right on the pounds as much as they can. You know, the female, she has to put on a certain amount of fat. Yeah. She won't, you know, she won't conceive and have cubs. Yeah. So I would say during, after, yeah, I would say after mid November, especially late November, I don't, I don't see that many. Okay. Do you think they're, are, are they denning up down low? Are they just finding a, a you know, a, a small cave or a, a digging out kind of a, a bed underneath a, a tree that's down and, and just denning up on the ground down low? Or do you think they're like deer, like almost like a reverse migration? Do they, do they go 10 miles, you know, east and get up into the elevation where they're in a more traditional, at least from our perspective, traditional bear, bear den habitat? So my opinion is, and I've talked to a lot of biologists about this, and it's funny you say, you know, are they denning up underneath a tree and stuff? Because I was hiking on, uh, was it Tuesday? I was up in an area checking some cameras, and I had found another one of those trails that I call a stomp trail, and I was following it down mm -hmm. this little drainage, and I just got this eerie feeling. I was just like, <laughs> and I, I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm somewhat of a chicken shit when I'm by myself. I mean, a lizard in the leaves. I just get, <laughs> I get nervous. And so I'm looking around and up on the side of this hill, there's a trail that goes up uh -huh. underneath this log. And, you know, a, a, a bear can squeeze in some pretty tight places and you don't know what's dug out behind it. Mm -hmm. And uh, I did set a camera in there and and left <laughs> i was like I'm <laughs> boogie I'm out. I, don't, I don't think i don't think that the bears around around this area do a true hibernate yeah hibernation unless they are a female a female has to hibernate to give uh to give birth yeah so do the other bears do the bears that are you know females that maybe didn't put enough fat on and didn't get pregnant yeah are they doing a true hibernation i don't think so i think and the biologist told me this, that they'll go lay down for a couple mm -hmm. weeks at a time, Yeah, you know, up underneath a bush or, you know, a log or, you know, maybe a, a, a half-ass den, but yeah, they're not going to, you know, six months like you will a bear in Idaho or Montana or, you know, somewhere where they get the harsh winter. Right. And that's, and that's, and that's part of the reason I think we have such big bears is they're, yeah. they're not going to, they're not going to, they're not denning up and, 
and shrinking down and then having to build back up every year. Right. You know, my first experience in, in Montana in 2019 and, and I shot my bear and then I was, I was somewhat disappointed uh, on how small it was. I mean, it wasn't <laughs> like, yeah, I was just like, man, you know, and, and I watch a lot of YouTube videos and, and I'm not, I'm not bashing on anybody, but a lot of people will be like, man, that's a great bear. And I'm right. like, that's a small bear. Right. California has big bears. I'm here. Like, California has. Yeah. Oh, and I've showed pictures to some of the guys I've met out in Montana. And they're like, oh, my God, your guys' bears are huge. And I'm like, yeah, and 80% of them are like that. Right. You know, so I think it's just the fact that the amount of food sources they can eat almost year round and keep right. that weight on. They're not yeah. shrinking down and building up, shrinking down every year. Yeah. Uh, it's just not the way it is here. So, I mean, Tahoe they get a lot of snow. So a bear up there will probably dent up right but down in my area, even up at five, 6,000 feet. There's not, there's not enough snow. I would say, I think that snow will just push them down lower. Right. And even then, and they're, they're really just, they're just slowing down because there's not the food, you know, the calorie to work ratio is out, out of whack. It's not that, you know, there's just nothing to do. There's no, there, they, there's not a lot of food. So they're going to crash out and sleep, get up, move around a little bit. But for the most part, they're only doing that December to say March or, or, you know, three months at most. So you're right. They're not, uh, it's not like they're going early, mid November to mid April. Yeah. Solid. They're, they're going two months less than say, if they're a high elevation. Two and I think what you're also saying is they're, if they're denning up locally, you know, they're not, you know, they're, they're not leaving your area. They're just finding a rock to crawl under or a cave to go into or a tree to curl up underneath. Um, so yeah, they're I mean, still, they're still staying they're local. Gonna, and I don't think they're going to be in there for a two months solid. No. Yeah. Maybe two months total time, but they're yeah. not, they're not in there, uh, you know, hundred percent. I do have a spot that I want to, I found this cave last year. And it looked like there would be something either a cat uses it sure. or a bear. And so I am going to set a camera on that when, uh, when it gets a little bit closer, just to kind of see if there's any activity. Um, I did leave a couple cameras out last year and I think that it kind of, I don't know if it was the cold or what, but those are the cameras that have been giving me issues this year. Yeah. So I probably won't do, I'll probably sacrifice maybe one or two cameras and, and hope they still work you know, later in the year, uh, you know, I, you, you know, I run some, I run some decent cameras. They're not cheap. By the time you buy the camera, put the batteries in it, get the SD card. And yep. so I don't, I want them to last as long as possible. So we'll see. I mean, I think I've, I don't think they hibernate here. That's, that's my answer. That's Final the bottom, that's the bottom <laughs> line they're, 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 and they're not, they're not migrating. They're not going up into the high country to sleep. They're just, they're just getting quiet for a little bit. Um, I do. I do think one of the areas that I do like to hunt a lot. It's not. It's not very far from big pines. It's okay. almost. It's almost like where I hunt. It's on the border. I mean, I'm. I'm not on the border, but I'm just below the border of where the pines stop, and then it becomes, you know, more oaks. Yeah. You know, the scrub oaks, the manzanita. And obviously, you know, the, there's oak trees even way up high, the big black oaks that drop the acorns. But where I see most of my bear activity is always right on that border to where they can go into the timber. Okay. 
and you know, maybe they do hibernate in there. Mm-hmm. And then maybe at a certain time of the, you know, in the fall, they start dropping because they're chasing those manzanita berries. Sure. Uh, juniper bushes, juniper bushes are huge. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've found a juniper bush that is just thrashed. And then it looks like there's been 50 bears in there just crapping everywhere. I mean, huh. you know that that bear, a bear or multiple bears or right. has lived there. And, yeah. that's, and that's, uh, that's where I took my 2020 bear was in an area like that, where it's like, I know they're, they're here. Yeah. So how bear. much are, are, do you follow the food? Like, you know, depending on the time of, of the season, if you're out in August versus September versus October, are you, are you looking at, at the food patterns or do you think that, that it's more about finding the heavy use trails or the rubs or things like that, that, that is working for you? Uh, I, I do both. Um, they, you know, the, the food, the food comes with the time of year. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I'm following the time of year and I'm following what they're eating. So obviously late fall, you know, they're, they're no longer focused on meat, right? Uh, they will eat it sure. um, if they have the opportunity, but they're, they're, it's more of the, the juniper berries, and I see juniper bushes with their berries on them almost year round. It's, and I don't know, I don't know how that works with a juniper bush. That's something I should look into of how often they have berries, right? But the manzanita berries in the high country, manzanita, uh, it seems like their, their berries are gone. You know, I would say September mm-hmm. and then in down in, towards the Valley, there's, there's manzanita berries all the way into the fall. So those are the two, those are the two food sources that I follow would be acorns or three acorns. And last year was a huge acorn crop year. I mean, massive. And, and then the junipers and the manzanita. I'm glad you say that about the acorns because I, the area that I was hunting last year, I've been hunting for four years trying to figure out the deer in this area. And is my fourth season in I've spent over a hundred days and nights in this area probably. And it finally clicked with me. I'm looking at these low bushes, these shrub, these shrubs. And I'm just, my mind is just saying manzanita, manzanita. And I look at them and there's just, they're just filled with green acorns. I'm like, what? And I felt like such an idiot because I've been in this area so much and I, and I don't remember ever having it click with me that this is a shrub oak. It's, it's, I believe it's huckleberry oak. So it's like two, three foot thick, you know, deep off the ground, blends in with all the other shrubs, but it was just stacked with acorns. And uh, I had, it hadn't clicked with me before. And then sure enough in this, in this area, this zone, this is where I saw all these bears. And I think, and this is it. Like I, th- I, here I am the first time it's happened. I'm like, Oh, I solved it. <laughs> so we'll see if I really solved it this year. Um, and if there's a good acorn crop, but it definitely stood out to me as being uniquely solid as acorns go. Yeah. And this year there could be none. And I so, hope that, that, and here's the thing. <laughs> then, I, then I didn't solve it. <laughs> well, no, I mean, I mean, it just, every year is so different. Yeah. Uh, you know, the Indians used to say on a heavy acorn year, mm-hmm. we will get a lot of rain. Well, they're full of crap because we didn't get any rain last not year. That t- not that one. You know? So I was just like, yeah. I mean, my, I live, you know, I live in the Chico area. We have tons of oak trees and I have a lot of oak trees in my yard, 
And I mean, it was like walking on marbles anywhere yeah. on the ground and then up where I hunt, you know, and that's, and that's, that's huge. You'd think, mm-hmm. but the biologists I talked to, they're like, it don't, it doesn't matter if mm. those acorns are there or not. Even with the deer, the acorns are a plus. He says, he goes, they help, but that's not the reason they're going to come. Okay. You know? And people say, uh, you know, the migration is, is, is based on weather. Well, mm. <clears throat> no, it, it, the weather helps. That's another sure. plus. The weather, the acorns, those are pluses. It's all off the photosynthesis yeah. of the sun. It's, it's length, when those length. animals are like, hey, it's time to start moving. Yep. And then they may they may like dam up right at that borderline of the timber where there's mm-hmm. still cover, there's still the shade, and then that one big storm can push them down. Yeah. So no, it's photo period. It's it's length of the day that that triggers the 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 strongest migration response. Like you said, I think, you know, weather can ex- accelerate it or slow it down a little bit, but the real pull is, is yeah. from photo period. Yeah. And when I, and when I said earlier that, uh, that, that the bears don't focus on me and I was saying that they're opportunists, well, mm-hmm. that bear I shot in 2018 had killed a buck, a, a young buck. And I can, I couldn't tell you how old or whatever it was, but it was a young deer, but he ate that, he ate that uh, that deer pretty much backwards. He okay. ate the whole skull. The head huh. was gone, and so if it had antlers or whatever, they they were they were eaten. And he ate about three quarters of it. And I mean, obviously, the only way I knew that it was a buck was you could see its its you know its private parts, yeah, hind quarters, which I always thought that's the prime meat is the back quarters, and they're going to eat that first. But for whatever reason. He ate it backwards. Do you think maybe a hunter killed it and just took the head? No, because it was it was so young and okay. And when I had finally gotten over to where it was, it was just above a water hole. Oh, got it. See where he had gotten it at the water hole and drug it up. Okay. And and it wasn't it wasn't an old kill. You it wasn't a trophy. It. <laughs> it was a spike fork, well, probably. Mean, <laughs> well, you could just tell that it was it would be, that deer had been killed that day. Yeah. Wow. Well, it wasn't rotten. The, the meat was still fresh. The blood was still there. I mean, it was, it was just something that, you know, whether it was a sick deer or hurt or right. I don't know, but opportunists, they'll eat They're scavengers. It's yep. basically like a giant buzzard. Yep. You know? They'll eat whatever's in front of them that, 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 that they can, that gives them calories. So how'd you, so did you find the bear and then real and then find the, 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 the dead buck or did you find the dead buck and then, and then camp out for the, for the, the bear, how'd that, how'd that no, go down? I, uh, I shot him. It was like uh-huh. 250 yards. Okay. And when I got over to him, you know, the buck was like, I was like, you know, actually my nephew that was with me that I hunt with a lot, he was like, dude, look at this right here. And I was like, geez, that bear wow. has been sitting here chewing on it. Cause yep. you know, we got to watch him for a little bit and he was underneath a manzanita bush, just cleaning himself. And obviously <laughs> he's licking his toenails clean. Right. Uh, so yeah, uh, not that I wouldn't have, you know, if I saw a kill. <laughs> Camp a little bit. Yeah, no, absolutely. So you mentioned trails, like the, the spot where you had your, uh, your your tree stand, the the trails coming in, the kind of coming in that pocket were really defined. And, and so what, was that a stomp trail or what, you know, how do you, 
sometimes I think stomp trails are seasonal. Like it's, it's the spring trail or it's the fall trail and it's not, it's not year round. What, what tells you that you've come across a bear trail that's going to be, you know, high activity, um, or what's that, what's the indicator that you're in the right spot so, for where they'll be tomorrow, not just yesterday. So those trails, a stomp trail, and I don't even know if that's a real name for it. That's just something that I've so called. I call them. Yeah, I mean, because it looks like they're just stomping all their weight. Yep. But I think that I I don't I have yet to put a camera on a trail like that and not have bears. Okay. Even even if it even if the trail looks old, because mm-hmm. on a trail like that, it's kind of hard to tell when the last time a bear's been on it, because it's usually in you know, some pine needles, just, mm-hmm. you know, softer ground. Uh, it's just something that you can see that they're there and they're using it constantly. Yeah. And it's, it's funny to watch them on the videos and how they walk and they'll, when they come to that trail and how they'll start to walk in it and, and how their feet just go in the same spot. It's almost like they're walking up a ladder. Yeah. So it's yeah. interesting. Uh, I don't think that, I wouldn't say that it's a springtime. I, I don't know. I don't know how to answer that. I just think that, that, that if you find a trail like that, that is money. That's gold. Yeah. Don't forget where it's at because at some point, trails are using it constantly. And if they weren't using them, they'd fill up with other debris from the leaves or other pine needles. They disappear. True. So yeah, no, if, true. if you see the, if you see they're still, I mean, it just looks like little circles. It looks like a human trail, really. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I just if you can find one of those, I think those are better than this than than bear crap. Yeah. Well, it's it definitely shows use. Um I uh and bear crap isn't always isn't always uh it's not always gonna tell you if the bears are there or not, because when they're focused on the nuts and the berries and stuff mm-hmm. like that, bear crap can dry out in two days. Yeah. If it's hot enough. Yep. So a turd that you're sitting there examining could be three or four days old and look like it's two years old yeah once it's cooked you don't know yeah oh it just falls apart yeah no it's true and, and grassy and bear turds that are filled with grass can look brand new for for two years <laughs> and let you know you, you poke it it's dry as a it's dry it's cooked solid but but they have you know they just for as much as i hike around and see bear crap i've probably only a handful of times seen bear scat that is that i know is that day yeah most of the time it's you're like eh, it's so hard to tell it's just hard to tell tracks bear tracks are are one thing because you know the stomp trails are kind of hard to tell when they've been there last but if you get on a logging road and you find a fresh a fresh you know paw print it's usually within yep. a day or two because they'll disappear with the wind and blowing yep. the dirt around and or if they get it you know get a little bit of rain uh, the last time I went up on Tuesday, it had rained, I think, a couple of days before. Mm-hmm. You know, not a heavy rain, but just enough to dust the ground sure. where you can tell, you know, where their tracks are. It's like you're racing the blackboard, and then they they the tracks show up again, and, and you know that they're, they're with it since that last rain came through. Oh, yeah. And, and when you're even when you're walking, when you walk a certain direction, sometimes you don't even see the track because of the glare off the dirt. And then on your way back out, you're like, there's tracks right here that I just walked over. 
or right. pass because there's that glare. Unless the bear's following you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I've had I've had that happen where I don't know if they were following me, but I've been sitting at my trail cam and here comes a bear. <laughs> oh, no kidding while you're checking your cam. Yeah, last year I had a I had a young bear. Uh, I was up there. I've been kind of fighting an area with some pot growers that were commuting through the area. Huh. So every time I'd kind of go in there, I'd be a little on edge because you just never you just never know what kind of characters you're going to run into on the mountain. And, right. And I always carry a sidearm, anyways. But I'm sitting there and I'm at the camera and I can hear some leaves crumpling and I'm like, it's probably just a damn lizard, you know? Sure. And so I'm kind of looking around and I'm also thinking, oh, this is some pot growers coming through. And sure enough, here comes this, here comes this little young bear and he's, he's walking straight at me. Yeah. But I'm behind the tree and he went, he winded me, but he didn't, he didn't win me to where he took off. You could just see him putting his nose in the air and he just slowly turned around and went the other way. So it was a cool experience. I mean, he, shoot, he was 12 yards from me. Yeah. That's, that's, that's close. not the closest experience I've had, but, uh, or nail biting, I should say. Right. But it was cool. Yeah. Yeah. Would you have, if he kept coming in, would you have just like stood up and wave your arms or. I don't know what I would have done. I, <laughs> I, I pulled out, I have it on video. My, my, and that was my first thought is, Oh crap. I'm, I should film this. Yeah. Well, so I pulled it out and I'm like, that's one I way to I was just going to let him walk right past me because sure. he would have he would have walked right past. And I don't know if that would have been a smart idea or not. I think he would have, as a young bear, he would have just, you know, took off, you know, like a badass out of hell. But yep, I had a young bear come in. Nervous. I had a young bear kind of like that come in to me three times. I think it was the same bear because it was small. It was small each each time twice. In the dark, I was sitting just in the in the dirt with my back against a tree, waiting for the sun to come up because I was just kind of had a spot where I wanted to, you know, basically a ground blind. And uh, twice in the same morning, and then one other time during the once the sun was up, this this small bear I'd nicknamed him Buddy because he's probably like seventy pounds. He was just a little maybe seventy to hundred pound bear. He's the size of a Rottweiler practically. He kept, but he came in three times to within and twice in the dark from behind me um 20 20 yards or so and uh i think i think he's just curious i, th I think he, he was, I, you know I, I don't smell like venison um but at each time as soon as i stood up he bolted he's like i'm out of here like now that i see this this animal has got is staying on two feet um he, he bolted out of there but, yeah, I, think, uh, I think that <clears throat> I don't think people give, you know, I don't think people think realize that how curious a bear is mm -hmm. and they just want to, you know, they just want to know what they're smelling. That's why yeah. I don't, when I, when people ask me about my trail cameras and setting them and stuff like that, and, and I tell them how often I check them, I, I'll check them not every, every seven days, but <clears throat> most of the time it's a, a week. Okay. Sometimes I'll let them go longer. Yeah. But I've noticed that it doesn't matter if I'm in there every week or every month. Yeah. They don't care. They come in anyways. And I think it's, I think it's just their curiosity or it's, they associate you with food 
I mean, not that, not that where I'm setting my cameras is, I wouldn't say there's any houses around for, you know, 20 miles, which a bear can cover 20 miles, no problem. But sure. I think, I think they just, they just want to know what you are. Yeah. And when they see you, they're gone though. They're out of there. Yeah. They're like, they're like, uh, they don't and they can, and they, they can move. They can move oh. so fast, and you can just hear every tree, every piece of brush or twig that's in their way, just crack, crack, crack. They're like a, they're like a cannonball, going across the ground. Exactly what they sound like—a bowling ball just going down the, down the mountain. Yep. Yeah. Glad that they're running that way, away from me. So you mentioned logging roads. Is, is a logging road or a forest road or like a gated forest road, is that kind of your entry point to then just start exploring? And then, you know, well, what tells you to make the next move, um, you know, off that logging road as you're, as you're scouting some new area? Well, the log, the, let's just say like the main let's say logging roads at maybe Sierra Pacific or, you know, Collins Pines or mm -hmm. somebody like that, that they get driven on once in a while. The reason those are good is because you can see their tracks as if you where you're just walking through, you know, off the beaten path, you're not going to see their track unless it's a stomp trail. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times I'll just, I'll find some tracks and I'll, and I'll just follow them. I'll just see where they go. And, and all, most of the time it's just a dead end, you know, it's just a bear because they're roamers. They don't, I mean, they're not, they're not going to use the same trail all the time, but I don't know. I just, I'll follow them. I'll, I'll go up to Sierra Pacific. I mean, I got to find most of the time I got to find water. Water mm -hmm. is a big key. Mm -hmm. I'll never see bears where there's no water. There's got to be a water source somewhere, at least within, you know, a quarter mile. And that's right. not that far for an animal to walk. No. For us, you know, depending on the direction you're going, could be a nightmare. But, you know, I've seen bears <laughs> scale a cliff like it's no big deal. So yeah. water source, logging road. I mean, so my method, my method will be this when I start looking in a new area. Obviously, I'll drive logging roads that are open. So but that's mostly national forests. Mm -hmm. I'll either drive them. <clears throat> and then if I'm in an area where it's Sierra Pacific, obviously, I'll walk them. I'll start looking for the scat. I'll start mm -hmm. looking for the tracks. Mostly I'm trying to find a stomp trail, which mm -hmm. <clears throat> there's a lot more of those out there than you think. Yep. And then you just got to see that you got to see, you got to find your first one. Like I think once you see one, you start seeing more. It's like figuring out how to see, how to view the forest floor. Well, what and, I think most people think they are is maybe a human walking in somewhere that was muddy. Right. And then it dried up and it left the track. Yep. That's not, well, that's not what it is. Yeah, you're right. You're exactly right. Once you see one, you'll never forget it. And you'll always, when you see another one, you'll know what it is. Yeah. So if I can find those things, if I can find some bear crap, you know, a good stomp trail and it's around some sort of water and obviously a, a, a water source could be somewhere that I may not even know it's, it's in there. It could be a small spring mm -hmm. and I've stumbled across some springs where I'm like, geez, I wouldn't have never found that little spring unless I was, I had to go through the bushes. Yeah. So once I do that, then I'll set cameras. Now, if I set a camera and I don't have anything on it and it's, <clears throat> and I know that bears should be there, mm. I'll pull it out in a month. If there's not a bear on there in a month, then there's not yeah. enough activity in there for me to hunt it. And I'll move cameras. I'll move cameras all the time. I moved eight cameras last weekend. Oh, wow. So, 
Yeah. And, and I won't just run one camera in, in one spot In one okay. spot I'll, I can run five cameras because I want to find out where they're coming from. Yeah. How are they coming in and which way are they going out? Yeah, no, I've noticed that, that you've got, you'll post videos from you know, different angles. And like you said about video, you know, video is, is five times better than a still, still picture. And then two cameras is more, is more than twice as good. Like two cameras is another five times, because like you just said, you, you get so much more. Well, you just, you get to about what out, they're doing. You get to figure out which direction they're coming from. Mm -hmm. I'll go up there in the morning. I'll go up there in the morning time and then I'll go up there in the evening time and I'll check those areas to see what the wind is doing in the evening versus the morning. Okay. But which way is it blowing? Okay. The wind in the morning is coming this way and in the evening it's going the other way. And what's funny is when I watch these cameras, these bears will, most of them will come from one direction. Yeah. And I'll never see them come back. But the next time I see them on camera, they're coming from that other direction. So it's like they're doing a circle. Okay. So it's not yeah. like uh, it's not like they're going back and forth down the same trail. It's like they did a circle somewhere. Got it. And that's why I'll set cameras. I'm like, all right, I got five cameras. There's a spot I'm running five cameras right now. And it's just to find out where they're coming from and where they're going. So which direction are they coming into that main trail? Uh huh. And which way are they going out? That way, I know that when I when I go in there to hunt, I can I can guesstimate what right. they're going to do. I'm trying to pattern them. How do they? How do right. they come in the morning? How do they come in at the night? You know, stuff like that. I know it's, people it, probably think I'm crazy, like five cameras in that little area. And I'm like, hey, all I got to do is run it in there for two or three months, and I'm going to know exactly how to hunt that area when I right. want to hunt. Right. You mentioned the wind. Um, is wind and scent critical? With these guys, um, yeah. If a bear, if a bear smells you, you you will more than likely you will not see them. Okay. So they may you may have bears around you, you don't even know it. Right. Bears, bears most of the time are noisy, mm -hmm. but they sure can be quiet when they want to be. Yeah. So they are like they're they can be like a ghost if they come yeah. in and you can't see you know more than fifty to a hundred yards. A bear could come in just outside the range that you can see and mm -hmm. wind you, and you'll never know. You'll never mm -hmm. know that he was there. Most of the time, they don't sit there and stare at you either. Once they wind you, they they turn around and bolt. Right. If they see you, they bolt. They don't look at you like, you know, deer are kind of dumb, in my opinion. <laughs> like, what is that? And they sit there and stare at you, and then they'll trot off and then give you another right. look, and you're like, all right, second shot, boom, you know. Right. A bear is right. – uh, they're like wild hogs. <laughs> I'll say I'll say this about wild hogs. Wild hogs pig hunting, I think, is I I hunt a lot of them. Okay. And I'll say that that's the animal that got me to calm my nerves. Being, really? When deer when deer would get in front of me, I mean I can't count how many times I get a deer in front of me and I just get too damn excited and yeah screw the whole situation up. And so I had an opportunity um, to hunt this piece of property that had a lot of hogs and, and just, I think getting animals in front of me calmed me, you know, the more yeah. that it happened. And so now, now after getting to experience that for shoot, how many years have I been hunting out there? 
don't know, over five years. Yeah. Not that I don't get excited anymore, but it's not as crazy excited. It's like Montana this year. We are out there hunting and, and my nephew, my nephew just he about loses his mind when I see, I see this bear and I'm like, there's a bear right here. And he's just like, and I'm like, dude, you need to calm, you need to calm down. <laughs> you got plenty of time. That bear has no idea we're here. You know, right. chill out. Get this backpack, get this backpack off my get the gun off. You know, and I'm like, like Slow oh, down, man. Yeah, dude, we got you know, and I get it because I've been there a million times. Yeah. And he's, and he's a good hunter. He's not, he's he's somebody that I have the most up confidence in and taking and and I and I still get that excited, but I can control it. Yeah. And, you know, for the most part. Uh, but it's I mean, if you don't get that excited, there's something wrong. Anyways, yeah, I'll say the pig hunting, the pig hunting, I feel like has totally, that's what totally helped me. And not a lot of people, and that was private property. So yeah, oh, I get a lot of people are like, man, can I go hunt on that ranch with you? And I'm like, it's eh, it's not my ranch. And yeah, (laughs) if I start taking everybody, then, and then I'm going to lose my privilege. And so I'm lucky to to have have a camera on that one. Uh, I used to run cameras out there, but it just got to the point where <clears throat> I didn't even need to. Didn't need them. You know, because yeah. just, I knew how they – that's basically did the same thing, though. I yeah. blanketed the property with cameras to see where they come in and what time and what time they go out. It's uh, it's pretty – it's a – you know, it's in a – they – what do they ranch out of? They olives and, and almonds. Okay. So, basically, they come in at night. The pigs do. Yeah. And then clean up when people come out to start working the property mm-hmm. and it's a big ranch, then the pigs will start to leave. Mm-hmm. And so all you got to do is, <clears throat> I mean, not that it's easy, but you just sit the edge of the property and you know that once you start hearing tractors and stuff running around, right. you're going to, there's a chance you're going to start seeing pigs. Yeah. So Run, Running for cover. Oh yeah, you've got you've you've got a camera on a water hole covered in green slime. Yeah, that's where I, I wanna, was at last Saturday when it was 110. I almost got I, I want to see a bear going into that. I, well, to be honest, that's why it, it looks why, terrible. That's why I put that camera there because watching <laughs> bears watching bears in water is hilarious. It is, and so that camera that's my cellular camera. Okay. So, but now that camera. Uh, it's giving me issues. It's not working like it should. Oh, shoot. At least it's not sending me the videos. I can check the card, but that's four hours from my house. Uh, that's a bit of a haul, but, so, but worth it when you, if you, even if it's once a month, man, that, that water hole is, is something else. Oh, and I, and I guarantee that, uh, bears are getting in it, whether they don't care, you know, no, they don't. If it's going to cool them off, they're going to get in it. And I have video on other cameras I had in that area. In fact, I just, I just posted it on, on my Instagram a few days ago, uh-huh. wet bears leaving that area. And so they'd gotten in the water and that spring is there year round. So that's a good spot. That's a good spot for pigs. Pigs are there. There's a ton of turkeys. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah. going to be the spot that I'm going to hunt next, next April f- for spring Turkey. And then cool. hopefully, hopefully I get an opportunity to pig. Yeah. Now is that public or private? That is public. That's amazing. I mean, wh- I, and and good for you because you did the work to find that, and and that just just that just goes to show. Well, there's so much that, out there. There's I so much out that. there. 
oh, there's a ton out there. And, I, and I found that pond by following a bear stomp trail. Oh, nice. Okay. Well, there it goes. And then I was like, man, there's pig tracks down here. Yeah. It's so, like a little, little skanky little green oasis. Oh, it is. <laughs> it is nasty. It's a funky pond, but it's wet. It's got water in it. Yep. I, you know, question on the trail camp thing, because I know you run a lot. Um, I run a lot. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, there, this year, my family's been like, oh, hey, look, Amazon arrived again. I wonder what <laughs> it is. Like, no, where did this come from? I don't know what how, how this arrived. But um, how often do you get people, like, walking past your cameras? Mm. Do you get a lot of people on your cameras at, at that lower elevation? No, not the ne never, never the lower elevation. Okay. My lower elevation ones are, I would say they are deeper and further from any access that a normal person would want to go. Okay. Uh, I'm not saying that it'll never happen. I mean, at right. some point, you know, every time you think you got, oh man, this is the best spot. Nobody knows about it. Somebody, sure. knows, somebody knows about it. It's public land. Somebody's been sure. there. My upper cameras up last year, I had the pot growers. I mean, I had a guy drop his pants and do his business number two right in front of it. And he had no idea my camera was there. Thank you. Thank you. Until the same day when he came back off the mountain, he walked by there and he's looking and, and he saw the camera and he's like, eh, but they, oh, shit. <laughs> they, they, they stole a camera there last year. So interesting. I have not seen them. I haven't seen them there this year, which is good news. I think that I think my cameras probably spooked them off a little bit. Hope, mm -hmm. Hopefully that they mm -hmm. were like, they don't want to be on camera. Right. When packing out their stuff and, you know, October yeah. or whenever they're coming out. Yeah. So I hope that they actually cut the tree down to take it because I lock them. I have a cable lock. Yep. Uh, and I've had a friend, man, you lock these things up. I'm like, dude, I don't trust anybody. I don't even trust yeah. you. So I'm going to put a blindfold on you. So you don't even know where we're going, but yeah. Yeah. Very rarely do I have people on them. Yeah. I mean, no, me too. Um, there's a few cameras that I've put out where I, I'm like, I'm going to get people on this. This is so close to civilization, but the ones where I, most of my cameras this year are between three and seven miles deep. <laughs> And I actually, and I, I carried locks back for a lot of them. Um, but, but a bunch of them, I just like, I'm not going to lock this thing up because it's not, I'm buying cheap cameras for, to, to do a bunch of these. And I'm like, there's just no way, like, I'm, this is not going to find somebody. People aren't going to walk past this. And so when I people see people talking about, oh man, people still stole my cameras or they, they vandalize it. I'm like, you, you gotta, you gotta do a little more work. Like you can't just do it, you know, 50 yards from the campground, you gotta, you gotta go back and find a spot that where you can say, nobody's going to see this camera. And, well, I'm, and most people, you know, most people, I mean, they could vandalize it and smash it with a rock or something like sure. that. But most people that are going to take it, at least with my cameras, they're not going to have bolt cutters. Right. They're not going to be carrying a chainsaw. Now the right. tree, now the tree that they took my camera last year is probably six inches. I mean, not a small tree, but not a big one, not a tree you could just push over. But they yeah. tell they cut it with a hatchet. Wow. They cut it and then slipped it off and they and, really wanted it. Uh yeah, because I, I I think it was just if they're packing out their dope, they don't yep. want to be on video. Yep. Part of me thought, man, should I write this is fishing game? 
you know, on them. Even yeah. though I'm not, maybe people would leave them alone if they saw them, but they'd probably vandalize them more than some people. Yeah, but like you say, my cameras aren't necessarily. I mean, I have a couple that if I saw people on there, I wouldn't be shocked. Right. But most of them are they're off the beaten path at least just enough to where nobody's going to go walk in through the brush. Right. You know, bears. <clears throat> yes, they walk logging roads, but they're always next to the tree line. You know, they're not just cruising through, you know, open fields. And mm-hmm. most of the time they like that just close enough to the cover that they can stay hidden. So I've, I've had good luck. I haven't had any bears destroy my cameras. They'll sniff them and play with them a little bit. Yep. But I've only had one stolen. Uh, now I'm running 27 cameras right now. Uh, a lot of them, they're just, they're just bouncing around because they won't have nothing on them or enough on them that yeah defies leaving them there still looking for the right the best spot so tell me about your your favorite bear hunt who that's a that's a tough one what you i know i know of what at least three that you've taken is it more than that uh well yeah just i mean i've been a part of multiple hunts that are yeah not just me taking it. I mean, I've been with people taking them. I personally yeah. haven't taken as many bears as maybe most people would think. I've taken, let me see here. I've taken one, two. I've taken four. I've only shot four bears. Yeah, that's, 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 that's a lot. What you consider it's a well, 3% tag fill. You know, the fill well, rate on four, tags is 3%. I would say, and, and, I <laughs> and I haven't really been, I would say, hardcore, pretty much hunting bears since 2016 is really when i dove in and i was like this is my mission yeah so you know i've been when my nephew's taking bears you know it's it's i don't think just being successful is just me doing it if i'm there and i'm helping it's always a team i gotta help pack it out they're gonna help me pack mine out it's a team effort if you're shooting a bear and i know you did yours by yourself but you're crazy (laughs) (laughs) that was a lot that was a long day the 2020 bear that i shot there's no way in hell i could have done that by myself there's no way i mean i when i took the hide out the hide and the head I couldn't, I couldn't even make it to the truck by myself. That's how heavy it was. And I had to cut a quarter of the hide off just so I could pick my backpack up. Yeah. Hide and heads, 60 pounds minimum. Oh, uh, mine was probably well, 80. Oh, well, that was a big bear. Uh, that, but my favorite hunt, I mean, geez. Uh, I would say my, probably my favorite hunt. That's so hard to say because last year's hunt, I would say it wasn't the hardest hunt. <clears throat> Packing it out was hard yeah. as hell, but the actual yeah. hunt itself, it just, the way it went down, uh, it just wasn't, it wasn't expected. Yeah. The 2018, my 2018 hunt where I got a bear and my nephew got a bear two days apart. Oh, wow. That's, that's probably, that's probably my favorite hunt. That's just the way that it. Same general area too. Uh, yeah, same drainage. Wow. Uh, there's, there's some, there's a ton of bears in there. So yeah. 2018, we, we draw, we drew our late season deer tag again mm-hmm. and we're back. We're back a ways. I mean, we're not where there's a ton of people. There's, you'll see some people, but not <clears throat> most of them are road hunters mm-hmm. on side by sides. 
mm-hmm. not not when you start hiking down into these drainages like we we don't see anyone so we're in the morning we go out we drive down from camp to this creek we cross the creek and the creek is you know the creeks up where we're at they kind of they'll dry up and disappear and then you know a ways down the road they'll start coming out of the ground again but where you cross the creek it's kind of sandy and we get down there and i'm with i'm with one of my buddies and there's these bear tracks crossing crossing the road mm-hmm. and i'm like dude check this out we got a bear walking the direction that after we park the truck we're gonna we're gonna start hiking up this drainage and so we go up there and, and we sit the morning you know we probably hiked i don't know probably a mile in at this point you know we're deer hunting and uh obviously if we see a bear we're gonna shoot it yep and we're sitting there and we didn't see anything and so a little later that morning my brother-in-law and my nephew are they're they're coming down the other side that basically we're watching they're they're kind of working their way they're kind of pushing a draw on the north facing slope and we're just watching and so we kind of meet up with them a little bit not meet up but we get visual Mm -hmm. and so then we push we push up the canyon you know probably another mile or two and then we sit there in glass for a while and once we decided to go back i think it was about 11 we're like let's start let's start working working our way out we're working our way out and at that point my nephew had crossed the creek and came over with with me and my other friend and so it's my brother-in-law on the other side and there are cows not very many of them but you will see a cow here and there okay and so i'm walking and we're down in the bottom pretty much almost in the creek bed and out of the corner of my eye I see a flash just above my brother-in-law uh-huh. And I'm first thought cow because the color, you know, that reddish brown. Sure. It's like, a freaking bear, dude. Yeah. And I'm screaming bear, 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 bear. <laughs> and he's, probably, he's probably 75 yards, a hundred, a hundred, maybe not quite a hundred yards up the, up the side. And so I'm watching him because at that point, I mean, I couldn't see it anymore. And there's another drainage that will funnel down into the Creek that we're in. Mm-hmm. So that bear had dipped down and i thought for sure once he goes into that he's gone he's gonna go up he's gonna go up yeah and it's so thick we're not gonna see him and i wouldn't have seen him anyways but my brother-in-law he gets eyes on him and he's he's blasting away <laughs> i mean boom <laughs> and and i finally finally i think the, i think it was the third shot he's like he's down he's down he's thrashing and so it's me my friend and my nephew down in the creek and we can hear the thrashing going on oh great and so i'm like are you sure he's down and we're screaming at this point because you know we're so far apart he's like he's down he's down and then he's like no he's not down and i'm (laughs) like okay this this bear's coming down you know any animal when they're hurt they run downhill yeah if they obviously if they can and so i'm like I told I looked at my buddy and I go, we need to get, we need to get out of the, out of the hole. We need to get up so that if he comes down in side hills, we can, we got to get a vantage point. Right. And so I flick my safety on. Uh huh. And just at that, that moment, and we're, you know, that you can hear that bear just coming down like a bowling ball. Yeah. And right as I'm starting to go up, 
it's like, how are we standing here? It was me. It was my, my buddy was behind me a little bit and then it was me. And then, and then my nephew was a little in front of me. Right at that moment, that bear pops out 10 yards. And my nephew just had a reaction pulls up and we both pull up at the same time. Yeah. And well, my safety's on click, <laughs> but he shot, it would have been, a, it would have been a double shot. So I'm yeah. glad I didn't shoot obviously. Cause we would yeah. have both been like, well, I hit it. No, you, you know, right. Right. But he had shot it. Boom. Drop. I mean, that thing just fell in its tracks. Wow. 10 yards, 10 yards. And I'm thinking, geez, what would that bear? That bear's pissed. Right. You know, he's hurt. He's scared. What's he going to do to us if we wouldn't have shot him? Right. But he dropped him right there. And so that, that gets you, that gets your blood pumping. Oh man. I, 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 that, that was an adrenaline rush. Yeah. And so I'm super excited, but at the same time, I'm bummed because if I didn't get to get to take yeah. it. Yep. So, so whose bear is it? It, this was it shot twice or, or no, just... it was, no i never got a shot because my safety was on so but it hadn't been hit the first time no oh no uh my, my brother-in-law had hit it far back okay so it, it probably I, I don't honestly think that bear would have died yeah uh but we we finished him so we yeah. didn't get to run off and suffer and, and do whatever yeah. So no, my nephew got to tag him because he obviously killed it, you know. Yeah, yeah good. Two forty three, right to the dome. So he, uh, yeah, and then we packed it out, which was the the spot that it died in was nasty, you know, poison oak, just uh, bottom of the creek, just super rocky. Uh, and then two days later, I got my opportunity. Wow! Just probably not even a quarter mile away from where we took that bear. Huh. So, and that's when I asked in that off season, that's when I was picking the uh, biologist brain that, uh, you know, are they territorial because they were both fully mature bears. I mean, they weren't sure. young at all. In fact, we, we had, I had them aged in at Madsen's lab in yep. Montana and they were both nine. So those are, that's a good bear. Yeah. And it, and it just, and that was one of those things, you know, as I'm learning as a hunter, I'm like, I can't believe that these two nine-year-old big bears are living with each other, basically. Cause sure. they're going to come face to face. Yep. Obviously they're not going to be like friends and hang out, but <clears throat> you, I would have never thought that they'd have been together in the same, in the same area. I think as long as they've got enough food, they'll, you know, they're, they're not going to push. Yeah. And the they other. may, they may fight over yeah. a carcass or something like that. You know, but yeah. one bear is going to give in and the other one's going to leave. But right. unless it's the rut, right. that biologist says they'll just stack up on each other. It doesn't matter. Like if there's food there, there's going to be multiple bears. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, we hiked that same drainage, but we came, we came from the top of that drainage rather than from the bottom the day I took my bear. And uh, yeah, he was just sitting there just cleaning himself. We had no idea he'd killed that, killed that, uh, that young buck. Yeah. And I had shot at him also, but the only reason I hit him in the head is because right before I shot, he dipped his head, uh, -huh. his chest. So and, it was going to be a chest, a frontal yeah, chest it was, shot. It was going to be like, you know, right where you normally see like their white, their white patch. Yeah. You know, that was the shot that he was giving me. And it would have been a kill shot anyways, but he dipped 
I mean, you, I have it on video. You can be, I can hear me talking. Are you ready? You know, I'm asking people, Hey, is everybody ready? Yep. You know, my buddy, I'm like, you're going to back me up in case I yep. miss because we want to get it anyways. Yep. And, uh, and the first time people are like, no, we're not ready. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, are you ready now? And right as I pulled the trigger, he just, he dipped his head and you know, he went, he probably didn't even go five yards. He just f- basically fell over. Yeah. That's probably my favorite hunt. I mean, they're all my favorite, but each one of the, you know, the stories all has something that I love about it. No, absolutely. That's cool. And so you've got a target bear or two this year. I got a lot of target bears. You've got a lot of target bears. I I think, I think you've got, um, you've got an inventory of bears that, that a lot of people would say just any one of them would be an amazing, amazing harvest. That's going to be the hard part for me is if I'm doing archery mm-hmm. and my number one target bear doesn't present himself, let's say the first, second or third day, but yeah. I have a decent bear come through. Yeah. I'm not going to pass nope. because I want to get that first archery bear under my belt Yeah, you know, to, to, to experience it, to be like, okay, next time, maybe I need to do this a little bit different or, you know, it's going to be, you're going to be excited. <laughs> I mean, to have a bear come in 30, 40, 20 yards from you that's not that common nope everything i've heard is double lung them i i I can't say i did last year i i got a i got a a, 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 was not a great shot but it was a lucky shot and i hit the femoral artery on on my bear and he he dumped out uh buckets of blood over about 100 yards and died pretty fast but in terms of the the ideal shot everything i've heard in terms of archery is 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 lungs yeah, so my 2020 bear, I shot him, and it lunged him and top of heart. Okay. So, and he still people think, oh, and he didn't drop. No, he went 30 yards. But, yeah. You know, and he did that creepy death moan, which yeah. is the only bear that I've ever heard death moan personally. Yeah. And that's that's an eerie sound. I mean, <laughs> I was talking to guy from uh, Western Contours, and mm-hmm. you know, it it rattled him a little bit to where. He was saying, you know, I didn't know if I wanted, you know, did something happen that wasn't supposed to, but that's, if you hear that moan, Mm -hmm. you know, you made a good shot. Right. And you know, that that bear is dying because, you know, hence the death moan. Yeah. So I knew if I had never known what that was this last year, (laughs) I probably would have been in the same situation as guys where like, what the heck was that? Right. But since I had kind of I'd heard about it, I'd seen videos of it. As soon as it happened, I'm like, he's dead. Yeah. You know, let's celebrate. Yeah. You'd almost rather hear that than not. And that bear runs off because now you're not knowing they are dead. Yep. Is he is he hurt and wounded? And I'm gonna, you know, am I gonna walk in and he's still alive? If you right. hear that moan, they're you know if you yeah, well, you hear that, you know they're 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 going down and you know, it was, a, it was a, a, a good shot and they're dying within earshot of you. You, if you can hear it, you know, they're within a short distance and it was a good clean kill. Um, cause if you hit them in the, you know, if you just hit them in the, in the hip, you know, if you hit them in the, in the rump, they're not going to die with that death moan. But oh, no, hit, they're going to you... come running down the hill. At you like that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So well, that's great, man. Hey, I, um, you know, we're coming up a little bit over an hour. Um, 
I don't know, man. I, I, I just love, I love your Instagram. <laughs> I love your trail cameras and, and, the, and what you're putting out there and the fact that you're, you've taught me a lot about, um, what we can consider bear habitat here in California. Cause, uh, I think anybody that's, that's following, you know, what you're saying and, and what you're putting out there is going to see that, that really anywhere you are in the state, you're probably within an hour or two of, of good bear habitat, you know, lowland, mid, mid, you know, mid range, high elevation, it's, it's all there. And, um, it's probably more accessible to a lot of us than, than we think. Yeah. And, and, and just because, just because you run cameras and you have bears on them, doesn't mean you're going to be successful. No. And I think a lot of people, uh, they consider it cheating. Yeah. And, and I get that, but it's a tool for me to know if I'm in the right area. I don't, I don't, I'm not making a living doing this at all. I don't make, I make zero money doing this. Is, this sure. is just a hobby. Me. Uh, this is just, you know, it's a passion of mine and I just like watching them for one. Yeah. I mean, and then, you know, the cameras are going to, they're going to help me, you know, be successful. I don't want to go up and hunt somewhere and just be like, well, it looks like this is a good spot for bears. Yeah. Because it, it might, it might be, or it might not. And there's, uh, in my opinion, there's nothing wrong with running, you know, a hundred cameras yeah. and finding out where the animals are, because you still got to play that scent game with a bear or any animal. Sure. So you got to be there's still, you know, there's still skill after finding them on cameras. Oh yeah. No doubt. Skill and luck. Um, I, you know, the, the area that go back to where I got my bear, I've been in there for four years and I've had cameras in there for three. And, uh, I know there's some really good bucks in there. I know there's some great deer in there, but it hasn't helped me <laughs> knowing, knowing that they're there has probably just become more of a frustration for me than anything. Cause it hasn't helped me close the deal. Um, there's a lot of factors in play that, uh, that, that, <laughs> that go beyond just having cameras in there. The one thing I'll say is like for you and, and for me is, is it helps validate what I'm seeing. Like you see the stomp trails, you see the water, you see the rub poles, it's like, okay, this, this, this pole was rubbed yesterday. doesn't mean it's going to be rubbed tomorrow. Camera can help validate if it's something that's still active. Oh, but, and definitely, um, you know, the, the thing I've gotten lucky with are those, the, the power poles and yeah. figuring out, I, I didn't know that myself. I learned that from a Sierra Pacific guy that okay. I, that I talked to. Yeah. He goes, Hey, check this area out. And so I went in to check it out. I would have walked past those poles and not even known sure what was on them. So, you know, we all have to learn from each other. Yep. You know, and now that I know what those poles look like, I've now started to find trees like that, which I have a post I'm going to post about. There's a tree in this one area that yep. is, you could just see. It's almost like the greasiness from the hair. Mm-hmm. and the and how the bark is a different color from where the bear's rubbing interesting you, see, you can see where he reaches up and they sit there and claw it so yeah. you see the claw marks you can see on the ground where you know they're pushing with their feet as they're yep. rubbing against the tree yep. i'm starting to notice more stuff like that this stuff i would just would walk by normally and not absolutely even give it a second second look but you know there's so much to learn from everybody 
Yeah. And, and that's, and that's a big part of, you know, my hunting, you know, if you want to call it career is ask as many questions as you can talk to a biologist. If you're going to hunt a certain zone, call a biologist. Yep. And especially with the bears, most of those biologists will talk your ear off. Are you calling CDFW or are you calling Sierra Pacific biologists or are you calling, you know, uh, forest I two, service? I have two Sierra Pacific people that I, I, uh, it's just kind of by chance. I ran into one of them yep. up when I was up in the mountains and he, he probably regrets giving me his phone number, but he, <laughs> he's cool, but no, uh, fish and wildlife okay. biologists, you know, they're going to help you more than, more than what you would think. And I, there's just a lot of people out there when I tell them that they're like, that's a really good idea. Yeah. And it is because they're going to tell you what those bears are doing that time of year or whatever time of year you're going to hunt. You know, they're going to, they're going to tell you what they're eating. They're going to tell you where they're going to go as the year goes on. Right. You know, there's just, there's just so much to absorb from somebody with that much knowledge. You yeah. know, they're not going to tell you exactly, Hey, there's a bear hanging out right here. If you go there at three o'clock, he's going right. to be there. I mean, nobody's going to do that, but they're going to, you're going to learn some information. So <laughs> when I have people, I have a lot of people, well, they'd be wrong. <laughs> no, nah, but I mean, I have a lot of people go, eh, what about Southern California? Well, I've never personally hunted down there. So I just yeah. always tell people, Hey, call the local biologists and pick their brain because yep. they're going to help you. Um, they know that the bear population is getting out of control here Yep. and they want, they want you to be successful or the majority of them do. Yeah. And so I have a, I have a couple biologists I talk to every year. My favorite biologist retired this last year, which I'm hmm. pretty bummed about. Cause I mean, I could talk on the phone with him for a couple hours Yeah. and super cool. Um, so that's, that would be my advice for anybody that is getting into bear hunting or hunting a new, even if you've been hunting bears for 20 years and you're going to a new area, yep. call the biologist before you go out of state, call the biologist there. Yep. They're going to help you. I mean, the, the, the biologist in Montana this year, when we, when we went out there and we were getting our bear validated, um, super cool. Yeah. And super knowledgeable, obviously, and even gave us some tips on other areas to go try. So nice. You know, that's that's where I would start as a as a, a hunter or you know. The the other thing that the trail cams do for you, which you don't need trail cams for, but but they force kind of it's almost like a forcing mechanism, is they get you out into the woods every week or two. Yeah. I no. mean, and so you're not just like, you know, the trail cameras are showing you these, the, the bears, but it's the walking through the woods where you're finding the scat and you're finding the pond and you're finding the seep or you're finding the stomp trails. And so yeah. I think, you know, for, for like you mentioned the, the tree where the, 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 the pine needles and the dirt were all pushed away, right away from the, the, the bottom of the tree. Like I just noticed that for the first time a couple weeks ago where I found that big, that, that really crisp stomp trail, that same area, these trails, a couple of the trails went past these trees and the base of the tree, it looked like somebody had taken a shovel and scraped all the, all the loose forest duff, you know, the pine needles and stuff away from the tree. And I realized that bear was standing there backwards, probably rubbing against the tree, kicking his feet out and pushed all that stuff away. But I wouldn't have seen that four years ago. 
Like it takes time to build up that library of experience and that library of seeing things. And so whether you're running trail cameras or not, it's the being out in the field, you know, 20 weekends of the year. Well, it's that, that puts out, it together. Yeah. It's, it's the time in the mountains. It's the time in the area. It's running the cameras. It's all of that, that takes the luck out of it. Yeah. At it all stacks point, up at some point. Now it's not luck. It's because mm-hmm. you know, the area mm-hmm. you've patterned an animal or animals in that area. Now, if you go to an area for the first time and, and you get an animal, that's luck. Yep. So, but if you're busting your butt, you know, let's just say, you know, like you say, 20 weekends a year, which is a lot. Um, yeah. You know, even less than that. If you just take the time before the season and go learn an area, you know, you're not going to learn every square inch, but you're going to, you know, just commit some time to it and learn it. You're, it's going to make you a better hunter. You, yeah. you know, you're, it's like you say, you're going to train your eyes on what to look for. You're going to learn. I learn stuff every time I go out. I'm just, yep. you know, about whether it's wind direction during certain times of day. Sure. Uh, flowers that are out on bushes, what time of year, you know, all that stuff. It's, you know, there's, there's so much to be learned and I have, I have yep. a lot to learn still. I'm not, you know, I'm not a pro, but I'm, I'm doing okay, but I've been pretty committed over the last few years to, it's kind of become an obsession. <laughs> it's a hobby. So it's kind of getting out of Slightly. control. <laughs> I hear you. No, I, I, I've got the same, I've got the same thing. Um, I so just, to- I just totally wish, respect that. I wish that, and I don't think it'll ever change, but the state of California is so screwed up. It's so unfortunate because we're so underrated as far as a lot of kinds of hunting here. You know, the bear hunting is if we had a spring season. Yeah. I think California would be such a high destination destination for people to come. Yeah. And why doesn't our state want that? It's bringing money to the state, you know, not only for the hunting aspect, but just tourism and, and, you know, whatnot. But, you know, everybody else around the world thinks we're just batshit crazy here. Right. And, and and a lot of the policies here are, why don't we have a spring hunt? Yeah. Sierra Pacific should help push for a spring hunt. Yeah, I would. I would think they would be. They don't want us def- to hunt. They don't want us to hunt during the summer and fall because of fire danger. Okay, well, the bears are destroying your trees. Yeah, you know, a lot of people don't realize that, but they're killing young trees, and and that's what a lot of the Sierra Pacific guys will tell me. They're like, "Man, kill them all! They're just destroying the trees." And I'm like, "Well, right. I got one tag, unfortunately." Right. But, right. Okay, if we can't, you know, they should run a spring season, but keep the quota at seventeen hundred. Sure. But sell people a spring tag and a fall tag. Yeah. Double end it. Take all them. I'll buy two tags. Yep. They'll sell them. They'll sell them all. They'll sell yeah, them twice. And, and there's no Absolutely. way. There's no way. Even at seventeen hundred bears, we're going to dent the population. The population the next year is going to be higher. Yeah, it's, it's going to be higher. It's it's, it's less higher. than five percent of, yeah, of take. Gonna, so the, the population will grow every single year. So yeah, that's why. That's why you, you see more bears every year. Yep. No, absolutely. Yeah. I, so I don't, I don't know how long it's going to take, but I, I mean, you, you've heard, 
you probably heard on on a couple of the other podcasts and you've kind of seen my my one pager on what I want to get done here is and I I think I think uh I'm optimistic that that we can start guiding this conversation at the policy level and uh I think there is a day in the in our future where we've got two tags and and I and maybe a, a lower percentage option but I, I think there's also a day in our future where we could have a spring season we know yeah. we we know that that we know that the habitat and the and the population of animals can support it um and so you know the, the science is in our favor the numbers are in our favor the economics as you said are absolute you could fund you could fund a couple more full-time biologists and and and, and some really Ex, you know, extensive annual surveys and studies if we had uh, the money coming in from those extra tags. Well, our population justifies us shooting 4,000 bears a year. Right. And it justifies shooting a sow. Yep. yep. So I will, I personally, I won't pass on a sow if it's a good sow. I won't yeah. shoot a young sow, but I'll shoot a sow that it looks like it's maybe, you know, maybe she's past her prime. I'm not going to pass. Yep. You know, and most, uh, there's a lot of hunters out there that probably would, but you know, when our population of bears is 40,000 plus, like I think it is, it's probably 50,000 plus shoot whatever you can. Yeah, no, you know I mean? from a harvest, from a harvest objective perspective, the harvest objective and from a meat perspective, there's, there's not, there's, you know, boar or sow, uh, adult mature bears is, is a good target. Yeah. So when we were talking the other day, uh, about meat care. And mm -hmm. you were talking about that bear that you shot. Yep. You were saying that it, it started going rancid pretty quick. That's something I haven't experienced, but, and, and, uh, I wouldn't say that it's super cool when I've shot my bears. I mean, even getting into the fall, it's still pretty warm during the day, Yeah. but that's something that people need to pay attention to when they kill a bear is, you know, the care of the meat when you kill that bear you need to do whatever you can as quick as you can to get that bear in the shade yep. and skin him quick yep. you know otherwise you will lose a lot of the meat and if you're somewhere if you're somewhere far back god you just <laughs> hope that you're not by yourself because you know you if you would have had just one guy with you you probably would have been in way, way better shape right yeah, I would have been better. I would have felt less pressure to start with, and I would have t slowed down and taken a little more time just to get everything off into the shade. Um, yeah, because you felt pressure. And yeah, so, so I, I was shortcuts. And yeah, felt rushed. Um, it was it was warm. The meat I took out was was fantastic. Um, I ended up. I, I mean, I did I did lose some from the pack out, but. Uh, it's just one of those things where I think people, people, if they had a bad meat experience with bear, it's probably because it didn't get, you know, skin off, cooled down, quartered, you know, in the, in the right time. And if you take care of the meat on bear, it's, 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 it's good meat. It is, it's clean. I think the meat that I've got from it is, was incredibly neutral, almost like, I mean, well, dark, I dark like purple, you know, dark red steak. I you like know, it more than good. I like it more than venison. So yeah, I think maybe that's that's part of the reason I'd rather hunt bears than deer. I yeah. mean, I like deer meat, but it's not like I'm not like man, I'm craving a deer steak, you know. Uh, but bear, I like a bear burger. 
And yeah. I don't do a lot. I don't do any steaks with my bear meat, but no. you know, I do a lot of breakfast sausage. Uh, you know, I grind it. Uh, you know, mix pork with it. Uh, you know, pork fat, all that yep. stuff. I mean, it's just yeah, like you say, if you've had a bad experience, or even just when I was a kid, I just used to hear people say, uh, "It tastes like garbage." They're not worth it, you know. Yeah. Shoot them and shoot them, and and then the meat's not worth any worth eating. That's not true. I mean, and I was skeptical the first bear I shot. I was like, man, yeah. this, this is going to be this ought to be interesting. But I was like, so surprised. Yeah. And my brother-in-law and my nephew and their whole family. I think the last couple of bears they shot, they eat that bear in like the first month. <laughs> I mean, they just you know, taco meat, you know, right you know, hamburger meat, just whatever. And I'm like, geez, man, that stuff's, and they're like, Hey, you, you want to give us some of yours? And I'm yeah. like, eh. <laughs> you know, no, it's good meat. It is absolutely good meat. Um, I mean, from a con every aspect of bear hunting is, is, is good for, for the state and for, um, for hunters, uh, population there, the meat's good. It's good. Does do, It does do some help for the, for the deer population. Oh, so it does, it does absolutely massive amounts of of help for our deer population i mean a fawn have you ever come across a fawn yep. in the woods and what's their defensive mechanism they lay down <laughs> mm -hmm. so that's easy yep. for a bear scare it yeah. lay down they eat it yeah well I, yep. I mean i would love to hear some numbers on what the the average the average bear how many fawns they kill a year obviously it depends on where they're at but sure i know that the biologist i've spoken with up in the d zones she says that when they go out to call her deer they'll mm -hmm. do the they'll do the fawn call because even even a doe with no fawns mm -hmm. they'll respond they'll come to in. a fawn call out of curiosity yeah and so that's how they call her them but she says 85% of the time they have a bear coming within 10 minutes. Wow. So that's something wow. I would love to go try up there. Yeah. Um, yeah. That would be, well, there's your, there's your spring hunt. Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. So, all right, man, let's wrap it up. Um, I'm, I, I really appreciate your time. Uh, love your videos. I know we'll see each other on Instagram quite a bit. And, um, I think it's going to be a great season this year. I know you've got multiple target bears to, to chase. And so I know you'll be busy with those and I'm looking forward to seeing some success. Well, I'm hoping, I'm hoping it's a record year for bear tag sales. Yep. Me too. The Senate bill 252 ban. So I'm yep. hoping that that brought a lot of attention and got a lot of people interested and I hope we hit the quota yeah. you know, or come a lot closer. So I'm excited yeah. and I'm excited uh, for a lot of people that reach out to me and, and ask questions and I'll do whatever I can to, to help anybody if, if I can help them at all. And I just, and I love seeing other people be successful. Yeah. I, I think I like that almost, almost as much as I like being successful myself. So, yeah. So black, black underscore bear underscore pursuit Instagram, right? Yep. That's the only, that's the only social media. Black bear, black bear pursuit. Yep. That's the only cool. thing I have. It's all right there. Right on, man. Well, thank you so much. Uh, can't, can't, uh, can't say enough about enjoying what you're doing and, uh, we'll see, we'll see more of it. Yeah, man. And, uh, I hope you're successful this year as well. Yeah. Thank you. First year. 
Hey, hey, you I know gotta what? get first communion, right? That's right. I gotta get that buck down at some point. Although I, I, I don't. Well, I'm gonna give it about a, a, a solid week, but I know I'm. I've got my bear, my bear plan in place too. So, uh, it, we'll see if I actually figured them out or not. But uh, definitely, definitely going for that first buck. So, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. We'll see you later. Thank you. All right. Thanks for having All me right. on. Mm, bye. Hey, everybody. Thanks for hanging in there with a, a nice podcast there with uh, Seth Watts, a.k.a. Black Bear Pursuit on Instagram. I think one of my biggest takeaways from Seth's experience, uh, trailing, tracking, trail cam uh, activities and hunting black bears in California, is that he's doing it in an area that is not what a lot of people consider typical or you know the iconic habitat of black bears you know he's doing a lot of this hunting below 6,000 feet in elevation in the oak kind of woodland oak foothills of the sierra nevada um, maybe all the way down to 1500 feet elevation and so i think his approach uh to finding black bear habitat could be applied to just about any area of the state um, but it's, it's pretty cool to me that he's, he's having great success finding these bears in an area that isn't the, uh, the high alpine that a lot of us associate bears with. So, you know, he's finding water, uh, he's finding food, he's finding tracks, trails, uh, stomp trails, as we like to call them, and uh, areas of cover that, that bears are attracted to. And then, of course, he's following the food um, throughout the season to get them um, to get in close to their, their core habitat where they are during that time of year. So anyways, thanks, uh, thanks to Seth for, for giving us so much time and so much of his experience and, and really his passion, sharing his passion uh, about these bears because uh, people may find it ironic, but, but those of us that love to hunt the bears uh, also love just to experience seeing them and studying them and learning about them and they're fascinating animals a lot of fun and so uh again thanks to seth watts black bear pursuit um side note it's july 6th as i record this uh outro from the podcast and um a zone archery season is coming up in just four days so all of you a zone deer hunters chasing those blacktail deer through the, the, the hot summer months. Uh, hope you have a great opener and a fantastic season and best of luck to you. Looking forward to seeing some pictures online and on Instagram of uh, some A-Zone bucks being taken uh, starting this coming Saturday. Thanks all again. Uh, we are now live on Apple Podcasts as well. So if that's your preferred podcast uh, channel of choice, you can find Hunting Ain't Easy on Apple, Spotify, Google, and Audible, and Podbean. Take care, everybody. Thank you.